Hello and welcome to On The Air with FDD TV. My name is Ian and I am joined by... Hi, uh, Mike. Uh, this is episode number 14 of this season, season number two, where we are covering the 2021-22 season, uh, where West Ham started off really, really well and have continued in that, uh, that vein. And Arsenal were relegation favourites for a little while, but actually are now the third biggest club in London. Um, I think we did you a little favour, if I'm honest. I think we have yep. been taking points off the big boys. Uh, but it's all well and good because you're backing it up with your own results. Uh, I have my own opinions after watching the game um, of, of, of how I view Arsenal at the moment. But first things first, last week we didn't have a podcast. If you follow us on Twitter, you will have seen that obviously I was recovering from a stag do and Mike was not recovering. Well, he, he was recovering from COVID. He didn't make it as a stag do. <laughs> no. um, but uh, how are you feeling now, Mike? Crap. <laughs> Crap. Well, that's better than it's dead, dead, isn't it? So, it's, uh... Yeah, yeah it's, um, there's, it's definitely an improvement of where I was but last <laughs> week, man. I was, I was not in a good place. Um, this is no joke, man. Is no joke. I highly recommend no one else get it because it is rank. I, but, um, I yes. personally think you're a bit weak, mate, being taken down by a cold. It's uh... that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's fair point. Fair point. <laughs> oh, there's going to be lots of people who listen to that and go, "That's not very nice." Um, I'm not very nice. Sorry. Uh, you thought you'd realise that by now? Quickly, fans can turn on you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm a West Ham fan. <laughs> We're fickle, mate. <laughs> Two losses and we'll, we'll be hating everybody. Um, but you took on the mighty Aston Villa? No. Yes. No. No. Hang on. What game are we talking about? Are we talking about this weekend or yeah. the game we missed? No, the, 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 this weekend. Who did you take on? Watford. Watford. Of course it was because it was Ben Foster, wasn't he? And he was yeah. absolutely sublime. And mm. part of me wants to buy a Ben Foster shirt because actually he's quite a nice guy. And... He, he was one of my favourite keepers a number of years ago when I played in goal. Um, but that's because he's really, really old now. Um, <laughs> blinding performance for him. I think you were lucky to beat him. Um, there's a slight contentious moment in there. I'm sure you will cover that. But are you happy with the way you got the three points? Um, yes. Yes, I'm going to say yes, 100%. Um, I'll, I'll, explain, <laughs> I'll explain why in a second. So, um, obviously, as uh, Ian mentioned, yesterday at 2 o'clock, we took on uh, Watford at home. Um, I've got to be honest, I was a, a little bit anxious going into this game, obviously, with Ranieri coming in um, and kind of geeing them up a bit. I know they've had kind of a, a bit of a hit and miss uh, form since he's been in, but mainly positive, which is good. Um, Watford do have some pace uh, yeah. within their team. So, uh, with some of the, some of the players that we have, not really built for speed, but they can do a job. However, uh, I would say for the majority of the game, we were kind of dominating uh, the game. There was two goals ruled for offside, um, a penalty which was saved, and then obviously the goal which. Um, did come around in a, a bit of dubious circumstances, but um, I, I'll just explain it quickly. So um, there was a foul in the middle of the park. Um, granted, there was around about 10, 15 seconds before Danny Rose decided he was going to kick the ball out. We then took the throw. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles absolutely ploughed into um, Ismail Assar, mm -hmm. I think it was, uh, right on the edge of the box. And, um, yeah, Emil Smith-Rowe picked the ball up and slotted it home in the bottom left-hand corner. I've got to say, firstly, it was a sublime finish. It was, yeah. Secondly, secondly um, <laughs> the, the, the body check, yes, I would say it was a foul. Um, I think it was Sambi Lakonga took out. Um, <laughs> did he get booked oh, for it? Did he? No, no, not not at all. Um, but that's that's not the first time we've seen him come in with a, a bit of a rash challenge like that as well. But the, one of the tweets I saw, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious, was um, 
Danny Rose is that shit. We weren't sure if he was kicking it out on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, he had a howl of a game, didn't he? I think he was lucky <laughs> to be on the pitch, if I'm honest. Yeah, so there was... Um, I think I think on the on the whole we did deserve to win the game, but um, it, it, it could have been not it should have been it could have been more mm. uh, obviously with the the two offside goals um, Foster saving Gabriel's header off the line Abamyang with the missing a penalty, um, but it's it's nice to see the chips kind of falling with us for a change, so. I, th- yeah, I think what, what we've seen now from from Arsenal is is a change in mentality. Um, a lot of people were saying Arsenal were very friendly and you play, tried to play nice football and there wasn't that sort of grit um, amongst them with that sort of dire wanting to win. Um, yeah. And and although Watford fans will feel hard done by, I think in some respects that the throw in wasn't thrown back to them. The game of football, you didn't have to kick it out. Um, mm. You chose to, um, so so that's that sort of grit and determination. We're going to use everything to our advantage, which is more than in their rights. Uh, and a Milton throw with a blinding, uh, blinding strike to to score. Um, before we get on to Danny Rose, because I I feel you may have some things to mention about him. Kuka, who played in the middle for Watford, um, I'd never heard of him before. I thought he was blinding yesterday. Um, Every time it, Watford won a tackle, it was Kuka. Every time someone was up in the air, it was Kuka. You know, he, he he was seemingly everywhere and just sort of that nasty, gritty, horrible midfielder that no one wants to uh, come up against. Um, what what was your take on his performance? Um, I I agree. I thought it was solid. Um, I think the uh, the sending off was correct. Uh, because there's there's one or two challenges that you can make and you get away with, and I think there was quite a few um, within the course of the game for for both teams where people were kind of getting away with <sighs> overzealous challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but yeah, I I, I think it was um, it's it's nice to see that sort of player coming back into the game. Yeah, um, because like I said, it's I th- even for us, uh, with the likes of Thomas Partey, I mean, he's he throws a bit of a rash challenge every now and again. Granite Xhaka, obviously, we know um, can do that. I think this is more more by luck than judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomiyasu getting stuck in, um, Ben White getting stuck in, Gabriel getting stuck in. It's nice to see it coming like. Around the pitch, as opposed to just a certain key player, a certain few key players. Yep. Yeah. So just just quickly, um, Abamyang mm-hmm. uh, has been your star now for a couple of seasons. Um, yep. He's been your best player since he's been at the club. I I feel. Do you think he's missing a step? Because for me, I think he was. The worst player on the pitch for Arsenal. Um, I don't think he's missing a step. I, th- I if you compare his performances last season to this season, I, I think last season was his worst season in a football shirt, let alone just for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I thought it was absolutely diabolical last year. However, this year that whilst he's not in the same scoring vein that he has been previously you're seeing a different side to his game where he's kind of like tracking back more um i think he he come out and said it a couple of weeks ago um and basically turned around and said look we need to kind of ha- have a long hard look at there's nothing the manager's doing it's us as the players that are letting the team down or letting the fans down um and since then we've seen him go um or tracking back throughout the length of the pitch to try and win the ball back. Um, but I think at, at the same time, it has cost him his goal-scoring game. But by all, by all means, he, he was, I would say, the worst player on the pitch yesterday. Mm. But I think that was, I'm hoping, just one of these off games as opposed to it being kind of like a, a continual run of form because I think he's he's been leaps and bounds better than he was last year. 
Um, it just seems to be, hopefully, an off game. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And the other one that I wanted to speak to you about, as I mentioned earlier, Danny Rose. Um, I think he was lucky to, to be on the pitch. A number of sloppy challenges. Um, a clothesline that John Cena would have uh, won a world title with. Um, <laughs> and just generally lack of being able to play football. Um, I, I know, obviously, he made a, a fuss, didn't he, under Jose, and we all saw that in the uh, the Spurs, anything, all or nothing, whatever it was called. Um, but I, I don't think he deserves to be playing Premier League football. I, th- I think Watford have, Watford have made a mistake there, but I keep playing him because he was he was abysmal. I can't be honest. I I even forgot he was playing. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, when I saw his name on the team sheet, I was like, "What? Are you actually still playing football?" So, um, yeah, I I've, not, I've never really been a, been a big fan of him, even when he was playing for England. Hmm. Um, I just I don't I don't rate him as a footballer. In any way, shape, or form. I think form. he had a half a good season once upon a time, didn't he? Um, but it's uh, the, how how the um, clothesline wasn't a penalty. Oh, I don't know. I think that's um, we've 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 sung the praises of VAR a fair bit this season. They've had a few blips. That was certainly one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that I'd imagine they've probably not going to look at it retrospectively because VAR assessed him. He shouldn't be on the football pitch. If that's not um, one, just a foul, or two, endangering a player, I don't know what is. But you've also got the the incident that we had last week again as well where Lacazette was rugby tackled. Uh, no, Aubameyang, sorry, was rugby tackled to the floor by Johnny Evans. Mm. Um, and they looked at it and said, no, it's not a foul. And the reason why... Um, is because of the the distance that was left between um, the where the foul was committed and the goal. So they're, they're saying it's not 100% guaranteed a goal. However, on the form that we have seen about um, 100%, no, sorry, because that, that says with some degree of certainty and you missed a penalty from 12 yards. So It would have hit the target probably, at least. At least, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't understand how that one hasn't been looked at. But then again, we've had a bit of a rubber the green on, on some decisions as well. So um, I can think you just kind of have to take the rough with the smooth sometimes, even though the technology is there to, to kind of get rid of the rough. Yeah, and so. as I say, is it lack of consistency this week, I think is probably the best way to sum it up. Yep. So that being said, a good game all round. You, you've started to string some results together. You, you've started to, to play more like a team and the Arsenal of old. Sorry, excuse me. Mm. Nice little burp there for, the, for those wearing headphones. Um, do you, are you still confident of the top four finish? <coughs> um, I, think, I think we need to. Whether I'm confident or not that we can keep it going for the entirety of the season... We've got some tough games coming up. I think we've got Liverpool, Man United, and someone else coming up fairly soon. Um, yeah, I well, I, I would hope. I would hope. Yes, yes, I'm going to be confident. We're going to make top four. Well, can, that should be our minimum requirement this year. I can say with some certainty, Manchester United are beatable. Liverpool are beatable. Manchester City are beatable because uh, we've done it all, mate. Things like this. <laughs> Completed it. <laughs> you know, I, I did send a message the other day. I don't know. The Hubble, the Hubble Space Telescope has discovered uh, something that is rapidly growing on Earth. Um, and it, they've reported it, NASA, as it being fucking massive. Um, it's actually West Ham. <laughs> yes, mate. Uh, oh, Tired second. Three points behind... Behind the thing, uh, behind the Chelsea who are leading, uh, and we're still in every competition. And we, it's not like we've had an easy run in the League Cup. We had Manchester United, who Rob Mark Noble robbed us of a point there. Um, so, like we would have been second, two points from top. We beat them in the cup. Then we had the people who hadn't lost it in in that competition in five years in City, brushed them to the side. And then we've had Liverpool brush them to side, 
It's uh, and we're still we're still going strong on the European tour. Everything's going well, mate. It's worrying, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not being funny. And I, I say that with uh, the, the slightest tongue in cheek. But you you've seen the progression that West Ham have made over the last two and a half seasons, or nearly two and a half seasons. So since David Moyes has come back, it's it's been. The recruitment's been really good. Yep. You've got rid of some of the chaff that you had um, and built on what or the foundation that he has built. And it's becoming so, so strong and so pleasurable to watch. Mm. Um, I heard someone say it yesterday um, that West Ham have become their guilty pleasure to watch. I don't think there needs to be any kind of guilty around it. West Ham are enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the best West Ham side I've ever known um i know obviously we had that that season didn't we with Payet where we were flying high but that was that was being carried off the back of one player's best season ever um we're a team now and we are mm -hmm. solid as a team and the fact that we are sitting third tied second only on goal difference and we've played some of the big boys and come away victor um is just amazing um mm -hmm. i don't think there's a single um a single side of west Ham now that or any sorry i don't think that any side look at the calendar and think that west Ham is a nice fixture these days i think mm -hmm. before it was like oh we can you can get something out of west Ham. at the moment i i think you know like sort of the old meme of of oh but can you do it on a Cold Tuesday night in Stoke. It's West Ham now, isn't it? Liverpool come to us unbeaten in twenty five. Um, I think the Arsenal faithful will thank us very muchly for keeping their record. Um, and, and I'm not being funny. Um, if it wasn't for a, a Salah dive, we would have we would have won that three one. Mm -hmm. um, I think they. Now here's the thing, right? I'm going to give a shout, a little shout out here. I hope you don't mind, Mike. West Ham Reunited invited me on. We just did a podcast about that match in its entirety. So go over, say hello to them. Tell them that you come from FDT TV. Uh, it will go down a treat. Um, but Diego Jota with an elbow on Ogbonna smashed his face in, caused him to come off. How that's not been looked at, VAR didn't look at it, the ref didn't look at it, it's been looked at after and said, oh no, but it was no intent. Now we've seen reds for there being no intent but endangering a player, because they've said that's what the rules are. He's endangered the player, he smashed his face open. So how he's not seen red, I don't know. Now the Aaron Cresswell one, this is a bit of a contentious issue. Was it Was it intentional? No. Was it endangered? No. Was it sloppy? Yes. He should have definitely got a yellow card. He didn't. He just got a, a ticket off. But he calmed right down after that. I think it was an emotional tackle. Um, it didn't really catch him. It was the trailing leg that came off the floor um, that, that was the problem for me. And I do think he deserved a yellow. Um, but he was great. Um, but the other one, Mo Salah got looked at by VAR. Declan Rice has left his leg in. He's already going down, and then he kicks him, and it, it's a it's a free kick. Now you can't deny the free kick was sublime. It was very well placed. It was very well thought out, um, and they'd obviously planned it. But it shouldn't have been a free kick in the first place, and that's a failing mm. for uh, from VAR. And the other thing, which makes me think that there is a, pardon me, desirable club bias in the VAR, is. We scored in the third minute with a, from a corner. Directly went in from a corner. It's been attributed to an own goal from Allison, who said that he was blocked off. He wasn't blocked off at all. He couldn't clear his players. Um, and if anything, he say it's been attributed to his goal. So he got to the ball. So that's no excuse. But they looked at offside. They looked at a foul. They looked at handball. They were looking for every single possible reason to rule that goal off. And they couldn't find mm -hmm. one. Um, and, and that, to me, proves that Liverpool are where they are 
because of VAR, because they get the favourable decisions all game, and there's something going on there that makes them get looked at specially. Because if, if for example, that game was played at Anfield, and Antonio had elbowed Van Dijk, he would have seen red, without a shadow yep. of a doubt. If um, same with the Crestwell tackle at Anfield, it's a red card. How, as I've said, I do think we're lucky he didn't get sent off for that, uh, but and he just definitely deserves a yellow. Um, but Salah dive every every game, he's diving, he, and people are saying he's the best player in the world. He's not the best player in the world. He's a cheater, and I know it's part of the game now. But how can how can you class yourself as one of the best in the world where you get where you are by cheating? It's like saying, oh, yeah, well, I'm the best chess player in the world, but actually you're not allowed to start with half your pieces. Like, I've taken them off the board, so I'm always going to beat you. Um, and that just it infuriates me, and I'm, I'm really quite glad that, that we did beat them. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've got to admit, actually, when um, when I see that the first goal went in, did see them trying to go for every conceivable <laughs> reason not to get it. And um, I, th- I, th- I think even the commentators, they were like, no, th- there's no way that that's going to be. Even Jamie Carragher, yep. Jamie Carragher, we know how biased he is against um, every other team other than Liverpool. Even he was, he, he said it would be uh, uh, unfortunate if it gets turned over for West Ham um, because he said there was nothing in it. That What is it? That, you've said this, this phrase a couple of times where um, uh, something about goalkeepers... You've got to, you take the they have to take com- the player yeah you have to command your area you have to be the strongest player there yes he, he was focused on antonio because no one else was marking him he had a bonner around him you've got to clear him out i'll take the yellow mm. for that if i'm the keeper i'm going to take old bonner out punch through his head and get the ball i'm not going to faff about with it um and and allison is you have to say has been one of more informed uh keepers as of late but the question does now come, is that because he had Van Dyke playing in front of him? Hmm. Who mops up a lot of it because he took out Jared Bowen with a sublime tackle, taking the ball through his legs. And he, he, he muscled off Antonio. <coughs> oh, sorry, excuse me. A few times. Um, oh, COVID. COVID. It's <laughs> catching through, through, through the screen. Um, lucky it's not like 4D. Everyone would have been wet, wouldn't they? It's... Uh, yeah, but I, I, I think Allison's being found out now. Brighton scored two against him. Uh, they, they've conceded, they've been conceding a lot, um, and he doesn't doesn't convince me as a strong goalkeeper. He's a good shot stopper, but but say you've got to clear out you you've got to clear out your, your players. You clear out the box. You're in, mm. that's your area, and I'm pretty sure if you spoke to Petr Michael, he would take the man every day of the week. I'm taking a man. Same with Manuel Neuer, like sort of all the great goalkeepers, Oliver Kahn, all the great keepers of their time. I'm taking the plan. This is this is my area. It's like a dog mm. in a yard, isn't it? You go in a yard, the dog's gonna bite your leg. Like so's a goalkeeper. And it's if it keeps you from scoring a goal. Um but yeah, three points, mate. Three points. And if you you're quite lucky, really, because I would have gone with three two as a scoreline. Well, I've, 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 I suppose I've got something to be thankful for. Then. Cheated, mate. <laughs> Cheated. Um, here's, yeah. here's a question for you. Go on. Realistically, yes. Um, in fact, not realistically. Can West Ham win the league? Uh, you, you could never say never. Uh, one, one would love to dream. Um, I will say that. However, that. Chelsea are very, very strong. They've been without Werner and Lukaku now for two weeks, I think. They're still winning games. Manchester City um, cruised to a win against United, not playing their strongest squad, and still they walked it only in second gear. Liverpool have been blowing teams away. Yes, they've had a blip. Arsenal... I'm going to chuck you in the conversation. Are on the rise, um, so you you've got sort of a traditional, almost traditional top four there already. I don't think you can rule it out, but if we're going to go the distance in every competition, 
which at the moment it looks like all the ones that we're in, we're, we're doing a good job. Have we got the squad depth? Will a couple of injuries derail that thing? And that, that I think that's sometimes the difference between a title winning season and not is can you stay injury free? Can you keep your best squad fit? If you offered me the title now, I'd, I'd rip it out of your hands. Um, will we get it? I don't think so. I think we'll finish in a top four, certainly. We was only, what, one result off of a top four place last year. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get to the final of the League Cup and we'll end up playing Sunderland or someone like that and losing. You ain't playing Sunderland, mate, because we got them in the next round. Mate, they're, they're, not... they're knocking you out. And I tell you, <laughs> they're a banana skin. They were banana skin waiting to happen. Um, mm. I was quite glad we didn't draw them, if I'm honest. Um, I think we're going to get to the final of Europa League. Will we be able to get... And that's a question. On the big occasion, can you get over the line? doesn't matter how you win. I'll take a scrappy 1-0 win every day of the week in the cup final. Um, mm. But I think we're going to be that team this year that is, is almost. We got to, we're going to get to a few finals. We're going to make... Show a good show, like represent ourselves well but not quite be able to push it over the line i'd love i'd love us to go on the win we're on for a quadruple still at the minute but um i'd love for us to win something based on based on how you are doing at the moment yep and how you have seen the team progress over the last two seasons Mm -hmm. do you think you'll get backed in january to to bring in some fresh players in order to to keep the the team fresh fresh yeah. yeah um well we've got this new investor haven't we, from sparta prague we, we've seemed to have made some sort of a link there which is good um mention that in just a moment um will we get some investment i think we need to have a striker um yes it's going to be second playing second fiddle um uh, but but if you look at someone who did score against us at the weekend the rigi big match player he uh, doesn't get enough game time, but he's he's quite physical. He's quick, so we'd fit that aesthetic of of West Ham, and he's quite, quite happy, I think, to play second fiddle, knowing that Antonio will get injured at some point in the season. Nine nine seasons out of ten, because um, Vlasic, as much as he has put in a shift, he's now injured and it hasn't quite. He's not quite clicked. Um, I know you've got to give players time, but when you're pushing the way we are that's the thing yeah my biggest concern is they're gonna say oh we've got 20 million to spend in january which as we all know in january players are few and far between especially good ones and the price goes up because no one wants to sell halfway through the season um so i think david Moyes has said a number of times he doesn't want to buy a player for the sake of it because we burnt our fingers recent seasons anderson Haller. we've burnt our fingers with it so I think we'll have a little bit of a, a fund. Um, I think that the, the new guy coming in, if that does come off quite as it West Ham, hands are, West Ham fans are hoping, is that he's going to take over in 2023 when this money to the government thing sort of dies to death um, and they're outside of that clause. So it, potentially the grass is looking greener, but... You can't, you can't always, you can't always judge it, can you? When hmm. Mike, when Mike Ashley took over at Newcastle, they thought it was brilliant. Um, turns out it wasn't. Um, so, a little investment, a little investment in January. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was sort of monologued and went off, off trowel. No, no, no. Um, not at all. But here's the thing, Mike. I'm going to ask the same question of you. You've got a number of players who are coming to the end of their contracts. We've we've seen an Arsenal let a number of big players go um, on a free transfer because they've not renewed their contract. We've seen Arsenal mm-hmm. also sort of toss out the deadwood and, and, and terminate contracts. With the likes of Lacazette having six months left, Nketiah having six months left, I know Aubameyang signed a, a new a new newer deal. Um, are you concerned at all that your strike force may dwindle into a player who's coming to the end of his career 
and Baylor Gun, who hasn't really started it, leaving you in a bit of a lull? Um, I in Ketia, I've, I've got to be completely honest. I I've never really rated. Um, I know he's good for the England under twenty ones. He's outstanding for um, even when he was coming through the academy. Uh, prolific. However, since um, since his time in the senior squad, granted he has scored a few goals. I won't take that away from him. Um, but I just don't think he's the sort of player that fits the Mikel Arteta philosophy at the moment. Now, one of the big concerns I did have over the last few last few weeks was Alex Lacazette. Now, I've, I have mentioned this before. He's a player that I th- fits for me very much that the whole Giroud kind of ilk mm-hmm. um, in the sense that he holds the ball up well, has got a shot on him. Um, but I think that has been seen more so in the last few games. Um, <clears throat> he's a player that didn't have a start until I think around about three games ago. Um and has made a massive, massive difference to the way that we're playing just recently. Uh, again, because he's got great link-up play with other players, holds the ball well, and has got a shot on him as well. Um, he he would be one that I would be very concerned about leaving because I don't think we have a, a player like that within our team that can fill his boots. Um Balogun, I think I think the frustrating thing with Balogun is that he's seen the the progression of the likes of um, Martinelli, uh, Saka, and Emil Smith Rowe, and kind of I get the impression that he feels like he deserves that opportunity straight away. Um, but I think the difference between them and him, Emil Smith Rowe, really only burst onto the scene. I'd say properly last year, possibly the year before slightly, but he's he's obviously had a few loan spells, um, but has certainly come to the forefront last season. I uh-huh. thought he was absolutely outstanding last year. Bakaya Saka has played 100 games for Arsenal now. Yesterday was his 100th game, yep. which, to be honest, when, when they said it, I was kind of a little bit astounded. I know he played a lot of football last year, obviously playing a lot of football this year. Um, but it's something that he's worked and worked and worked and taken his opportunity when he's got it. Yes. I think Bal- with the likes of Balogun, I I have seen him. He's absolutely incredible for the uh, for the academy, the under twenty three. Um, <clears throat> when I've seen him in the the first team, granted there hasn't really been um, that many minutes, but obviously he started the first game in the. It was terrible. Um, so he's a player that's going to need to bide his time um, and uh, work and continue working for it. I don't think he's he's someone that deserves first-team football straight away. If we end up losing Lacazette, could, could he potentially fill a position? Possibly, but I, I don't think he will offer the same as Lacazette does. Yeah. I think if, if he... If, um... It's inevitable he will get an opportunity at some point. I think when that comes on, he needs to grab it with both hands mm-hmm. um, and really make the most of that opportunity and, and learn to settle in quick. Um, and I think that's one of the problems that Nketi has had as well, is that he um, he's, he's had a fair few games and there's been times where he's made the wrong decision and you can see the frustration of the other people around him. Yeah. Now, let's not forget that, granted... Arteta's the boss, he ultimately makes the decisions, but he's got to be speaking to, to the captain as well for for his input as to whether you feel that this player could could make a difference into the um into the squad or into the match day. So again, I don't want to take it anything because from what I've seen of him for the the under twenty, I think he's a brilliant striker. But when you're comparing the under 23s or the Premier League two or whatever it is to um, the, the the first team senior football, it's two completely different kettles of fish. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's, it's a huge step up in class. Mm. Um, 
would you like to see Arsenal potentially? I know you've probably been linked with a thousand strikers. Would you like to see him bring in someone else new, maybe to if Lacazette is on the periphery and possibly on the way out to challenge Aubameyang to for that 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 first team space? Um, I suppose it would depend on who, with the likes that they're looking to bring in. I have seen that there's been a, a a kind of like a gentleman's agreement with someone. I think it was like Fiorentina or something where an agreement's been made for a 70 million pound transfer or something, 70 million euros or whatever it is. But, um, but personally, I think with the philosophy got or has been getting or giving over the last, over, over the course of this season, we're finally seeing an identity from his Arsenal team. I would love to see the likes of Martinelli. I would love to see, I would love to see Balogun get it. Um, the only one I'm, I'm really not convinced with, and I'm sorry to say this, is Nketiah. I just, I don't, I think he's too scrawny. He would get knocked off the ball too easily. Um, but then again, some people said that about a few players a few years ago. So yeah. um, it might get proved wrong. I think Ian Wright's an example of that. Well, they said he was too small, he would get knocked off the ball. Um, and look, he went on to be one of Arsenal's top scorers. So now, um, yeah, I, you've, you've just brought up a point there about being knocked off the ball, um, and and that's something that I was actually rather impressed with that I, I forgot to mention. Is looking at Arsenal play, you are playing quick, simple football, um, as Arsene Wenger did, simple passes, very quickly, uh, to unlock the team. What I did notice is you have a number of small players, Emil Smith-Rowe, uh, Saka, they're, they're both slight, uh, slight players. Even even uh, Lekonga, he, okay, he's taller, but he's not he's not built, is he? Hmm. Um, what I was really impressed with was the strength shown by those players. They were being challenged, and they were coming off best every single time, especially Saka, where someone will barge into him and bounce off. And that's the sort of thing that we see from Antonio at West Ham every week, but he's built like a brick shit out. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was really impressed with that. And, and the, the tenacity. Okay, it didn't work all the time against Watford and they played really well, but you didn't stop. Um, mm. And I think that from the first three games of the season, I think if you'd had gone into that with the same mentality as you, you've gone into the last few games, I think you probably would have got some more points than you did. Um, yeah. But just singing Arsenal's praises a little bit there, which is a little bit odd, but <laughs> you can, you know, no, you take it while I'm giving it. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, you are the second biggest London team now. so Mate, I, I would argue we're bigger than Chelsea. Um, we've got a bigger stadium and we sell it out every match. League Cups, Europa League, we sell it out every match. So... <laughs> We are fucking massive. We are fucking massive, mate. It's it's undeniable. If you look up fucking massive in the dictionary, you just get a picture of West End. <laughs> that and Sam Allardyce's oh, head. It. It's uh, two things <laughs> that come up as uh, in in the, in the uh, picture dictionary. So love it. But um, interesting fact of the week, or interesting stat of the week, if you would like to hear it. Manchester United actually had more shots against on target against David De Gea than they did against Everton. Everton, Edison, sorry, for Manchester City. <laughs> I was going to say, interesting. Yeah. I told you it was interesting, so it was true. No, they had two shots on target against David De Gea and zero shots on target against Edison in the Manchester City goal. So I guess they decided they couldn't break down the City defence. Let's just pepper our own goal and make it feel better. I've got to say, United were terrible. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrible. How Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is still in charge of that club i do not know now i don't care i got the bloody bonus point a couple of weeks ago here's, so I'm happy about that. here's the thing right if ronaldo wasn't at that club because he's pulling them out of the fire in a minute single-handedly uh, and I, yep. did, I did this discussion with 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 my other half the other day she said well he's not doing much he scored like seven goals in nine games and he's got like four assists without him in that squad they're in a relegation battle Mm-hmm. Um, they really, really are, and I don't know. I mean, they could have gone out and got Conte like Tottenham did. I think that would have made a, a huge statement. Um, 
I feel like they're gonna lag behind and and the progress they did make under Van Gaal, under Mourinho, then under Oli at the start of his career. I know they're saying since he's joined he's got the third most points. He's not he's never gonna you're never gonna win anything under him. You're never gonna compete under him. And I, I just feel like Manchester United will they they sort of had their up peak and now they're gonna they're just gonna fall away again. Um, I know we did discuss it about Ferguson potentially coming out of retirement. I think that would be dire straits before he did that. But it's uh I, I think they're they're becoming more of a circus than West Ham United in terms of ownership management. It's mm. it's it's quite well, it's good to see really from a neutral perspective, just putting that out there. If you was if you was if you own Manchester United, would you keep him? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think fair play to him that they're kind of sticking to their guns. Because I, I think I saw something uh, come out on Saturday or or Sunday where they said that they've got no desire to excuse me to change the manager. Um. There's there's only so well, yeah. There's only so long that the fans are going to allow it. We saw how quickly the fan power got um, the likes of uh, Manchester United, Man City, Arsenal out of that Super League. Um, personally, I think it's only a matter of time. But unfortunately, the the, the thing with with Manchester United or with with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is that as soon as he starts coming under a bit of pressure, mm. he seems to pull out that one result, which kind of saves his is baking a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there there has to be a time where you have to look at Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um that they need to realise that it's not good enough. Yeah. It's it's not good enough. Um and I, I think you summed that up really well there actually is is that at some point they're gonna have to realise. If they were, if that Super League had gone ahead, I know Barcelona are having a torrid time and so are Tottenham. But I think against all those clubs, I think they would still get absolutely rinsed. Even even Barcelona now, like they've just appointed Xavi of all people. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't know what you change because if you still got to play Ronaldo, which isn't a bad thing, but then you have to. You have to play to his strengths. Mm -hmm. And that means, a bit like Arsenal have done, they've got rid of a lot of dead wood. They're going to have to call players. They're going to have to tell people they're not up to the standard. Um, the trouble is, I don't think you could offload them. I think you'd have to pay them off. And Manchester United are loaded with high-priced, long-contract players. Yep. I mean, Eric, Eric Bailly, um he's never really got running, has he? Yep. Um I think he's on the hundred and seventy five K a week on a five year deal. He's still got like he's still got like four year three, four years left for that. I may be wrong on the length of it. But it's um they can't I don't think they can afford to pay him off and get rid of him. And you, to sell them, you're gonna have to take pay some of their wages and you're yep. gonna receive a very low fee for them. So the only way you, you do manage to do it is if you can manage to uh, offload them to Newcastle. But <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not short of a few quid now, are they? No. Um, my my next question to you, um, just on that basis, is just uh, around a player which you had last season, which helped rip up trees for you guys. Yep. Um, but since he's gone back, hasn't really had a sniff in Jesse Lingard. Do you reckon he's regretting his decision to stay at Man United or Um Yes. I I do. Uh because he said he wanted to play football. Um I think he was given assurances and all the right things were said to him. And then Ronaldo was going to join City. Um and I know people are like, oh he would never join City. Oh, he would have gone to City, of course he would have. Why wouldn't he? I know it's a legacy thing. Um but actually he wants to win. He goes to City, he wins everything. They win everything. Um, we've, if Ronaldo hadn't gone, I think he would have played more. Um, but 
at the end of the day, I think he needs to cut his losses. I think he has missed out now on another six months worth of football. And I don't think he's going to be the same player. He did score a good goal against us, but I don't think he's going to be able to come back with that same impact as he did. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United said they still want 15 million for him. And okay, he's got four months left of his contract, so that might dip to 10. But then you, you go for 10 million, Newcastle are going to come in for him. We're going to come in for him. Um, I'd imagine you're going to probably see Aston Villa go in for him. Then it's a bidding war, isn't it? Okay, we'll give you 11. Okay, we'll give you 12. We'll give you... And the price goes up and up and up to try and cut, like, sort of get his signature. I don't think it's worth it. Not for a player who is going to be 29 soon um, or may, or may, may already be 29. I just I really don't feel that uh, he would have the same impact, and especially Binaz, for us, Fornells is on fire, Ben Rama's on fire, Bowen's on fire. Who'd you drop? Mm. Who'd you drop? Because they're all in form, they're all playing well, they're all being tenacious, they're all working hard. Who'd you drop? See, I th- I think out of all of those teams you just mentioned, I think Aston Villa are probably one of the ones that would. He would he would replace Jack Grealish quite well, mm. I, I feel. When, that's that's what I was literally just about to say. When Dia has not set the world alight in the Premier League, he was fantastic in the Championship. But again, that's another step up, isn't it? Where Jesse mm-hmm. Lingard knows the Premier League. Okay, yes, he's not going to be the same sort of player, but I think he will galvanise uh, potentially that Aston Villa yep. team. I think that would be his best move at this point. And he still gets to play in Claret and Blue to a certain respect. <laughs> Come on, you Villa. What a Villa. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's Villa's nickname? I've, I've, I don't care. <laughs> that, that's, that's a pub quiz, quiz question, isn't it? What's, what's the nickname of Aston Villa? And I guarantee you no one knows. Apart from Villa fans. I don't even think they know, mate. <laughs> Got to admit, I think they know. Um, but that moves us quite nicely on to predictions. Mm-hmm. We didn't get around last week uh, because of obviously. So, what are the latest scores? Okay, so we had just going back um, a couple of weeks now. So, this is when Arsenal played Leicester and uh, Aston Villa played West Ham. And we also did Tottenham versus Man United as that bonus round fixture um so you had Leicester down for a one when i had us down for a two two we won very comfortably two nil so zero points each uh villa versus west ham you had a three one i had two one it was four one to west ham um so it's a point each and then for tottenham versus man united we both went for a spurs win uh manchester united actually come away with three nil winners for that one so zero points each so a grand total of ba, 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 a point each for that particular week. So that takes me up to 21 points and you on 17. Um, going into this week, obviously, we have got the international break now coming. Um, we have got two England games uh, coming up. England versus Albania and San Marino versus England. Yeah. Um, just on the subject of England, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to Emil Smith-Rowe for finally being called up for the... Uh, the England squad, very well done to him, very well deserved. Uh, to be honest, I think it was a bit of a piss take that he had to get his place from a few people pulling out, but that's a different story. Uh, so, yeah, England versus Albania. Um, World Cup qualifier. This is the last of the international breaks for a bit. Um, Thank God. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to these games at all. I think the only thing or the only reason I'm going to watch these ones is because we do have uh one of the largest arsenal contingencies since kind of like the late 90s or early 2000s um within the england squad so we've got ramsdale saka and now will smith row in there um but for me uh england versus albania i think this is going to be a very comfortable 4-1 i think it's going to be a bit of a brain fart uh, we'll concede one goal, but then we'll go on and smash it 4-1. Um, I've got a similar thing. I think it will start really slow and it'll be sluggish and we'll, we will end up winning 3-1. That was my prediction. Okay. 
moving on to San Marino again. This is away at San Marino. I don't see why um, they are even still a thing. I know, obviously, each football federation is allowed to put a team forward, but I don't know why they bother. They're whipping boys. Um, I'm going to put this down as a 6-0 win. Oh, my God, you stole it out of my mouth. Um, I'm going 5-0 then, just for that. <laughs> I was going to go 6-0, but... No, do you know what? I'm going 4 0. 4 0, I'm going. 4 0. We've got Harry Kane okay. up front, who's been absolutely diabolical, you know? Yeah, when, true. There's a lot of players in that squad that shouldn't be, and a lot of players that are not in the squad that should be. Uh, especially when this Gareth Southgate says he goes on form. Bollocks. Bullshit. Absolute bollocks. Do you think. Here's a question. Do you think we're going to see Ramsdale get some minutes, or do you think he's just going to stick with Pickford? Pickford has done um, well for England, but he's not doing great for Everton. But he he, he has really upped his his form for England. Okay, so uh, the game against Albania, I think uh, Pickford will start their game because I think that's the more challenging out of the two. Um, I'm not saying for for one second I don't think Ramsdale would do a good job because I think he would be the better keeper out of the two. However, I think based on the squad selections that we've seen so far, I would say that um, Pickford keeps his position for that game and Ramsdale goes in for the game against San Marino. Yeah. I'll be very surprised if, if we do see Ramsdale, uh, Pip, Pickford for the Albanian game. I think in terms of, of Premier League form, we'd have to, but... Um, yeah, he has been very, very good, hasn't he, for England recently? So. Yeah. That's a fair point. All fun. It's all fun. I don't think there's there's much else that's gone on in terms of of, of the world of football recently. I would just like to say. Go on. Eddie Howe's been confirmed. Oh yes, as that's true. Newcastle manager. So good luck to him. Will he keep them um, up from relegation? Uh, yes. You reckon? Yeah, I th- I, I, I've said it all along, mate. I think I do feel so sorry for Steve Bruce with the treatment that he received. Yes. Um, but I th- I think the Newcastle do have the squad um, to get themselves out of the position they're in. Um, they've got they have got some unbelievable signs. They just need someone to unlock their full potential. Um, Eddie Howe's a manager that we've seen. Uh, in the Premier League for for some years uh, previously, yeah. uh, but works really well on a shoestring, and I think has got a backing of a lot of Newcastle's. He, Therefore, I think he's going to be like taken into it like a duck to water. I really do. My big, um, my biggest concern with that is is I know he like people are saying I'd, I'd like to see him at a bigger club, see what he could do with 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 the club. Um, he's got two players there who no longer want to play under him. Ryan Fraser, who he had a, a quite a public falling out with, so that's got yep. to be the end of Fraser at Newcastle. He's not that he's pulled up Fraser, and Callum Wilson, who'd argue he's one of the better players in that current squad, who just didn't want to play under him anymore. Um, I know a number of people said that um, when he when he was there, he he's fantastic. He puts his arm around the players, but when, as he started to get a few bigger personalities, he seemed to lose the plot a little bit. Um, and that would be my concern with the if I was a Newcastle fan, he's actually yes, he, he might get the best out of some of the players that are there, but you give him a few big players, a few big egos, and is he able to manage them sufficiently to get a tune out mm. of them? Because Solskjaer is the same, he put his, his arm around a few players, got a few good results, he's got now got a few big names, and he can't keep control of them. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and to be honest, I can about uh, Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson. But I think possibly with his time out of the game, and he, he may come in with a different approach. So obviously, what whatever was happening towards the end of his uh, Bournemouth tenure, it obviously wasn't working. So maybe with some time out of the game, away from it all, I think it may be the thing that, that kind of drives him back and comes up with new philosophies or whatever. So yeah. um, I am interested to see how, it, how well he does, whether he's going to be a bit of a flop, how much time the fans will give him. Um, Two games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, no, I'm uh, I am interested to um, to see how how or what happens there. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was um, Aston Villa sacking um, Dean Smith. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is that is one I didn't see coming. I got to be honest. I know they'd been on a bit of a a free fall just recently, but now here's the thing: some some people have attributed that to Jack Grealish leaving. Uh, and I put in the group chat the other day. I think it's more to do with John Terry leaving, mm-hmm. um, because okay, people didn't like him uh, as a person, uh, didn't like him as a player. But there is no doubting that he was a a world class defender. Um, his ability to read a game and manage a game was fantastic. His ability to be in the right position at the right time and his commitment to putting his body on the line was was unquestionable. Mm-hmm. Now last season, Conta and Mings were unbelievable, uh, and he was in their ear all game, shouting the instructions to him. Um, he would train it with him. He's now gone because he wants to be in a manager. And Aston Villa defensively are a shambles again. Um, so I think it's got more possibly to do with the uh, fact that they haven't got a defensive coach than it is to do with Jack Grealish leaving. Um, and I, I think a lot of Aston Villa fans may be slightly annoyed because Dean Smith did pull them out of the weeds, didn't he? They were mm. they were a very pivotal point where they could have gone to obscurity um, and he brought back from the death uh, and done really well. Jack Grealish has sung his praises as of a number of other players. Um, so I think that's a potential for the fans to turn on the ball depending on who they bring in next. Yep. And Daniel Fart. Yes. Finally picked up Norwich's first win and gets sacked. Maybe oh. maybe they were, they were looking for... Um... The worst record of yeah, no, the I, Premier League season, and he's ruined it. Pick up, pick up three points, and they go. No, we don't do that here. You're out. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm slightly surprised at that one because I don't think their expectation could have been much more than get relegated, mm. um, try and play expansive football. They sold their most creative player, and then expected to. Pull up trees. I don't. I don't really know what their expectation is. Um, wow. I know they've been linked with Lampard and stuff. If I was him, from a career move, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near that club. No. Nope. Because um, yes, they're they're too good for the championship, but they're nowhere near good enough for the Premier League. Uh, and actually, you're going to go down. You you're getting relegated regardless. You'll probably come back up, and then you're going to get sacked. That's what Daniel Fark did, isn't it? I think he had two seasons. In the he had. Half a season, didn't he? Then he went yeah. down. Then they've come back. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what they were aiming to achieve for that. Because I think that the, the Norwich fans sort of understood that, and he played football that they liked watching. Mm. So another one that's probably disappointed the fans, but it's a results business. Yep, hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's Pat, it for Pat, me. Patrick Vieira, just quickly. Oh yes. Patrick Vieira, both of the, it was the bookies' favourite to uh, start, wasn't he, or, or be the first manager sacked? Arguably, I would say the most difficult job with a half the first team out of contract, um, the other half pretty much over thirty years old. Um, they're they're flying actually. They're they're hard to beat. They're they're playing some decent football. Are you surprised that he's doing um... that? He, not not necessarily that he's he's not relegation fodder but they're doing so well a part of me yes and part of me no obviously i know the cal uh, and i know it's a completely different kettle of fish from going from management in sorry from player into management but he has had experience uh elsewhere i think he was with new york city fc um so it's not like he's coming from uh, kind of like fresh faced into the management role. It was a strange appointment. I got to admit. I think we discussed it at length when um, when he first went to uh, to Crystal Palace. Um, so no, but yes, I am surprised because I think Crystal Palace have been a bit unfortunate with some of their results as well. Obviously, conceding um, I think it was like three games 
on the bounce where they conceded very late on to either get a draw or, or um, no, I think it was three draws they had on the bounce, including us. Um, and I, I don't know what, what has changed, but um, I, th- I think he's doing a brilliant job. I really, really do. Um, but yes, I am surprised uh, by how well he is doing. I've got to be honest. And I know that sounds really, really harsh. Um, but it's just exceeding all expectations, I think, for, for everyone. And they could be, I suppose, someone else's guilty pleasure to, to watch, uh, to see how he's got the team kind of drilled and stuff. Yeah. Um, because when, when they played against us, I think it was a bit of a shambles for the first half. We were by clearly the better team of, of the first half. And second half, they absolutely slapped us, um, on, slapped us one. So um, I think we were very fortunate to get the last goal in the last, pretty much the last kick of the game. Um, but yeah, fair play to him. Fair play to him. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. And that's a positive to end on, which is unusual mm. for us. It is. I, th- I think we should call it, we should call it there. Um, yep. But if you haven't already, and you are still here, I think you should put in the comments that uh, we are fucking massive. Um, <laughs> and that's over on the YouTube channel. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to FDT TV. We're very, very close to that 100 subscriber mark, which will be very, very nice when we get there. And we can only do that with your help. Um, but on that note, I have been Ian. I've been Mike. We have been on the air and we are FDT TV. We hope you've enjoyed and we will see you next week.